This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody, welcome back to the City Report podcast. Before we get into today's episode, we just want to take a moment and reflect on Franny Lee who sadly passed away this week. Uh, Many of you will know he was a legend of the club, of course, being a part of the great city side in the late 60s and and early 70s under Joe Mercer with Colin Bell and Mike Summerby and other city legends. He ended his city career having won it all, one league title, one FA Cup, a League Cup, and of course a UEFA Cup Winners' Cup. Our thoughts are, of course, with his family and all of his loved ones right now. With that, let's get into today's episode. The dust continues to settle after City's first Premier League defeat of the season, which came at the hands of Wolves on Saturday. We're here to discuss the bigger picture of City squad and answer the question, has it regressed? It's Tuesday, October 3rd. I'm Adam Booker. I'm Joe Butterfield. And I'm Luke Bartley. And this is the City Report Podcast. Welcome back, Luke and Joe. Seems like a uh, weekly occurrence now that the three of us are on. I'm not sure how you guys feel about it, um, but I'm happy to have you back. Luke, how are things? Yeah, very good, thank you. I mean, Monday's just a good day for me, usually with work and kind of uh, my girlfriend goes to the gym on a Monday, so I, I've got in a routine and coming here. So it looks like you've been listening to us free quite religiously for the next few weeks, and I'm sure Joe's probably the same, but always happy to be on with you two boys as always. I tried, Joe, last week to stir up some sort of Oldham gloss of beef, and it it didn't work out in my favor. Um, But we are happy to have you back. How are things with you? It's all good. Yeah, it's all good. I think I've realized that every single podcast I've done since I've started this has been been with yourself. I've I've yet to actually encounter Amos yet. I don't know if that's... uh, I don't know if he's avoiding me. Oh, well played, Joe. How would you you manage to do (laughs) that? Consider yourself lucky. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, uh, lovely to be here as always. I've been told by all of... uh, 
all of you guys that I'm the more fun host and more engaging host. He just kind of rambles and we all just have to sit back and kiss the ground beneath his feet. But let's, <laughs> uh, let's, let's talk about football since that's what we're here to do. Um, we will be talking about City Wolves this weekend, but if you are looking for a more in-depth um, analysis of that game, go back after the end of this episode and listen to yesterday's episode where Ollie Kirsch and Amos went a little bit more in depth. But as we haven't had you guys on since the game, Luke, uh, general thoughts on the performance uh, at Molyneux? Flat as a pancake, mate, wasn't it? It just it was just flat. There was nothing really to it. Like we were slow in defense, we were slow in attack, we were slow in the middle, we were just slow across the park. It was a bit of a weird one. Like we didn't create enough for Haaland, really. We looked a bit lethargic. We controlled the first half, I suppose, a little bit, but we got absolutely burnt by Nettle. What a baller he is, by the way. He's rapid and skillful. Like he's gonna get a big, big money move in the, probably next summer, if not January transfer window. If he stays fit, he's going there. Um, but it's we were just so lethargic. Like at certain times, players just look like they couldn't be arsed. Like, I don't know if they're, they can't be tired. We're only in October. But I just think it was maybe just one of them days where maybe we just weren't up to scratch and hopefully we can bounce back. Yeah, I mean, I think the general consensus on yesterday's episode with, with Amos and Ali was it was just one of those days. But Joe, Luke said, a specific word there that I want to touch on, and that's control. Um, I felt in watching the game that there was a total lack of control and the ability for Wolves to hit City on the break felt um, a bit like the old City. And obviously, um, I've received a couple of tweets in the last 48 hours because on the preview show last week, I came on here and said, well, City are too strong these days to have these little one-off games where they lose 2-1 or 1-0 when the other team only uh, gets one or two shots on goal. And of course, that is exactly what happened after I said that. Um, but it, it did feel like one of those games from, I don't know, 2018 where City don't have the control. They have a bunch of, you know, we'll, we'll call them ballers on the pitch that are looking to take their men on. And, and create things. And as a result, when the ball got turned over, City seemed to be at sixes and sevens. And it felt like a very un-City performance, didn't it? Yeah, it was a very and it was a very un-City midfield that led to that in a lot of ways. I think, obviously, Kovacic playing as a six is like, we. I'm happy with him to do it like every now and then if he has to come in. But I, I think if you have him there combined with Nunez, who is somebody who does a lot of the similar kind of things that, that Kovacic does... And then also Foden, who, as great as he is, and as much as we've all been sort of, as he's so, he's kind of made himself a regular in the team now in a way that we've we've always wanted him to be, but he maybe wasn't last season. At that point, you're asking a 22 year old because of the you know, or is, it, or is he 23 now? Either way, you're asking someone in, in their early 20s to sort of take control of that midfield because just purely out of the fact that the other two signings, the other two midfielders, sorry, are new signings, and that in itself leads to a really sort of... I mean, you're playing with two midfield. I'm pretty sure Pep would have never, ever wanted to have this midfield on the pitch at any point this season. And it's kind of one of the things where we're suffering from, obviously, Rodri's red card that happened a while ago, but we're also kind of suffering from injuries a little bit as well with Bernardo and De Bruyne not available. I have a feeling if one of those two was available, they'd be in there. And then at that point, you're only looking at a midfield that has one new signing in it rather than two. I think if you have Bernardo and Kovacic in there, for example it maybe looks a little bit less disjointed than it did in the end. But at the end of the day, yeah, the, the lack of control stems from the midfield and that's kind of where a lot of it went wrong because we basically just have a, a brand new midfield that hasn't played together 
two players who are still getting to grips with the Pep system, one of which is just coming off the back of a short-term injury of their own. And obviously, if you factor in the sort of the emotional side of it for Nunes, where he's being booed every time he touches the ball. Um, it's just, it's it was just like, on, on paper, with Rodri out, Wolves was one of the games where you look at it and go, oh, thank God we're only playing Wolves while Rodri's out. But, you know, as it turned out, it was a lot of things kind of just conspired, not conspired against us in a way that, like, you know, makes it sound like it was, we're really hard done by or anything like that. But a lot of little things went wrong in a way that then conspires into one big thing going wrong, which is conceding two goals when they've had one shot on target, which is the most 2018 City thing I can possibly think of. Yeah, I mean, it has to be mentioned that there's no Jack Gre- Well, Jack Grealish coming back from injury. There's no John Stones, uh, no Bernardo Silva, no Kevin De Bruyne, no Rodri, of course, as you mentioned. Um, and really, I mean, that's the spine of your treble winning team, you know, minus what Gundogan and, and Diaz, who was out there already. Um, that's that's a pretty difficult set of players to replace, isn't it, Luke? And and obviously City have replaced some of them, especially the the departing names like Gundogan and Mares. Um, but it brings me on to kind of the larger topic. And, you know, when I when I look at that starting eleven from from the Mon- from Molyneux on Saturday, and I'll read through it real quick. It was Walker, Akanji, Diaz, Ake, Nunez, Kovacic, Doku, Alvarez, Foden, and Holland. When I look at that starting eleven, I think to myself, well, where is the control? I mean, which of which of those players in front of the back four are not their first thought is not take on a man beat them and create something. Where Where is the Mares who's going to recycle the possession? Where is the Grealish that's going to control things, draw players out of position and 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 create overloads? Where is the the Rodri who is going to, um, you know, set the tempo and ever be that focal point in the middle? Because it's not Kovacic. You know, we saw he wants to run with the ball. It's not Nunez. He wants to run with the ball. When I looked at that team, and I got a bit of stick for saying this yesterday in, in, the, in the, the City Report group chat, but it felt like there was a total lack of and I mean this by specifically Pep Guardiola, Manchester City standards, a lack of technical ability in the sense that there was nobody that's going to set the tempo, have that control and do the things that have become, we've become so used to with Pep. Um, am I overthinking there, Luke, or did it feel like that team was just set up to basically have no control? And I don't mean that on purpose, but I'm saying it was the perfect storm to have no control in the game. I think it's more of a case of timing, really. Um, we, we've got, as as Joe said, we've got two centre midfielders who are brand new to the club, brand new to the system. Like, look at what Kovacic was doing for Chelsea last year. They, they don't they don't play a control system like we do. Nunes has come from a a, a, a mid table, lower mid table relegation threatened side. He's not used to this control aspect. They're just used to getting the head up and being direct and trying to make something happen. That's what they're used to. They've not had time to sort of bleed, like bled in really and kind of get into what Man City is all about under Pep. So we are early days. It, it just happens sometimes in these early seasons when you've got a few injuries. Like Just look at who's out. We've got four starting players out. We've got John Stones out. We've got Bernardo Silva out. Rodri's obviously not playing. You've got De Bruyne. Like they're, they're four of the most experienced players at the club not even at the club, but four of the most experienced players in the Premier League, and they're all out. It's 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 a transition. It's a bit. It's it's a transition at the moment with this team. And once we get a few of these, once Rodri comes back, I feel like we'll change it. It will change completely. Um, I feel like with the improvements made, 
it's just too early to tell. Like, I understand that we we didn't have a lot of control. I will agree with you, Adam. I feel like control system, we weren't good um, on on Saturday. Um, but I don't think it's... I don't think you should really think too much into it. It's very, very early days. And hopefully, they can start to have a few more training sessions, understand what Pep wants to do, how we play football. Because it is a brand new approach that most footballers don't actually really know about or ever experience. Joe, I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to be really blunt about it. When I when I look at the ingo of the incoming players and the outgoing players from this past summer transfer window, and I see Gundogan go out, and I see the likes of Nunes come in and Kovacic come in, and I see Mares leave and, and a player like Doku come in, did City make a mistake in almost making wholesale changes to the types of players they have in the squad? Because when you look at Gundogan. We know the player he is. He's someone that, that can set tempo, but he can make the late runs into the box. I mean, he can play everywhere from false nine to 10 to eight to playing that Rodri role by himself, which we've seen him do in the past. Um, you look at Mara as somebody who has you know, the ability to, like I said, set a tempo from the wing and step on the ball and recycle possession, but he can also pick these pinpoint crosses, pinpoint passes. He's not somebody to you know go full speed and take a man on. Um did City make any mistakes in replacing such important players with players that play a completely different way? I don't, I don't want to say it's a mistake, but I want to say it's it's definitely strange how they've gone gone about replace. So I, I think with Kovacic in particular, I think I think he's Pepov's. I presume that Pep sees him as being certainly capable of doing some of the things that Gundogan did when he left. It might not be a case of. It might not be a case of it'll happen immediately, but I saw enough in the Community Shield in those first couple of games of the season before he got injured to sort of look at him and go, he does a lot of that really like that tight, that tight space, quick touch passing really well. And I think that's one of the things that Gundogan's particularly good at. Whether he can then offer the sort of goal threat that Gundogan does, I very much doubt. I think Gundogan's pretty unique in that sense um, outside of obviously, you know, the likes of De Bruyne and stuff like that who can just hit goals in from anywhere. A lot of our goals from midfield are gone. And and they ultimately, I don't think, have been replaced unless for, unless you're looking at, for Foden to be that guy, which he's capable of doing. But this is effectively his first full season playing in the centre of the pitch. So you kind of he's going to have a bit of transitioning of himself to, of his own to be doing. I think what's what's weird is that if you're signing two midfielders to replace Gundogan, you've signed two that kind of, as it currently stands, do pretty similar things. It's like if you were going to hire, if you were going to sign a Nunes, who's like a ball carrier, for example, or even Kovacic, sorry, go with Kovacic first because we had him pretty much wrapped up before Gundogan had even gone. So you bring him in to be the ball carrying type of, of midfielder. Why have we signed another ball carrying midfielder on top of that? It doesn't really make a lot of sense. And obviously, we're all saying this knowing full well that Pep and the club have some plan. It's not just done for no reason. But to us in the immediate short term, it's like, well, they're two pretty similar players. So like what is it that like why did you not think to maybe sign one who's maybe a bit more as you say Adam a bit more technical a bit more of the kind of you know the a bit more of the um there's only the technicals you really say it say the word say the p word <laughs> a bit pausa pausa god i hate that i really hate that phrase but it's true it's 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 as good as <laughs> maybe um maybe the fact that maybe the fact that he sort of took rodri and bernardo as being two players who already have that and just thought well 
do we need to sign more players like that if we've currently got them? Maybe next summer when Bernardo moves on is the, is the time to worry about that. And obviously the fact that Bernardo and Rodri are both out kind of kills that in terms of last weekend. And God, I hope not the Arsenal game because I hope that Bernardo at least is back for that. But if we haven't got that by then, then we are going to be in a bit of trouble. Um, but yeah, it's Mares as well, a player who... Yeah, I think he's possibly the most underrated City player that we've had for a long time. He's, ne- been, he's never really been given the respect that I think he, he's deserved over his time at the club. And I think that now we're starting to see in games like this why we maybe miss him. Doku's great if you want someone who you can sort of drop a shoulder and kill a defender over five yards. But when you're playing against 10 at the back, how often is that How often is that skill very useful when players are standing two yards off the touchline, off, um, off the byline? And just basically saying, okay, stand in front of it. Like you're all, you're all in front of us now. Do something to get past this. A pacey winger is not the guy to get you past that. Um, yeah, it's 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 true. And obviously, we'll see that we'll see as as Luke says, it feels like we're in transition every season. And thankfully, a Pep Guardiola transition, as we found with the fact that we seem to win titles regardless, only seems to take about six months. And then after Christmas, we're kind of we hit the stride and we're flying. But we're at this, we're at that point of the season where the new players are bedding in. There's a new style. There's a there's a there's a tweak to the style that is bedding in, and um, and hopefully in a few months' time we'll look back at this period and just go ah that was just kind of that was just kind of necessary to get to the point where we're at. Yeah. All right, that'll do for part one. In a moment, we'll be back to discuss where Erling Holland fits into this discussion. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The Etihad Stadium really is wonderful at this time of the season, and the same goes for McDelivery. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the City Report podcast. If you are new around here, please do us a favor, hit follow, hit subscribe, leave a rating, leave a review. That is the best way for us to get this show out to more blues like you. Luke, I want to talk about Erling Holland um because it felt like last season you know, if we're on this topic of control, it was a very fine dance, a fine balancing act of trying to find that control while also being being able to create loads of chances for Holland. Um and you know, we saw early on in the season last year these 4-3 games and 6-3s and all sorts when he's scoring three or four goals but but City were wide open and, and conceding loads of goals. Um, and obviously, we saw Pep kind of go with the polar opposite through the Christmas period when we saw a lot of nil-nils and one-nils and very stale football. And, and finally, by you know late February, early March, they find that balance in which they can control games, suffocate opponents, but also create loads of chances. Um, this season, it feels like we're almost trying to figure it out again in the sense that we do have these new types of players that we've mentioned in part one, the Kovacic's and Nunes and Doku's of the world. Um, and it feels like Erling is running hot and cold as a result because we're either finding loads of space because these players can can run at men and take men on and create these overloads and Holland can create chances, 
or like we saw against Wolves on Saturday where, um, you know, they're just running into brick walls and we don't have the players that can pick open defenses like we've seen in the past and, and create those opportunities for them. So h- how do City go about finding that balance again where we can control games, not have somebody like Pedro Neto running at you every two or three minutes, but also create chances for Erling Holland? I think we do also need to remember as well that on Saturday, Dawson had the game of his life. Like he's, he's he's proved it when he was at West Ham. Like he was a stellar in their back line. For I'm surprised, surprised they let him go to Wolves. To be honest with you, like he was sensational. He marked him out the game completely. Like he was, every single time the ball was near Harland, he was on him, and it was old school fashioned English sort of centre half defending, where he was physical, he was brave, he was getting in front of Harland, he was making sure that he wasn't enjoying himself, but he wasn't being over the top. Like the, the problems that other centre halves had had against Harland is they've got too physical, and they've allowed Harland to kind of get a bit angry and agitated and kind of push them off a bit, whereas Dawson was being forceful, but also being reserved and not letting Harlan get away from him. And it was a really, really good defensive performance from him. Like I, I loved watching that defensive performance like as a, as a, as a defensive fan, really. Um, I think the problem we've got at the moment is Kevin De Bruyne abyssing. Like He is the talisman where he will find Harland three times every game that he plays just by being him. I think that is a problem. We At this moment in time, you've got a Doku who's very direct. He wants to beat everybody. He loves to shoot as well. Loves to shoot. You've got Foden, another one, who's got an eye for the goal. He's very direct, sometimes too direct, where he'll just run into a brick wall if you don't stop him. Like That's just how he plays. He's very direct. You've got Julian Alvarez, who is a workhorse. He is dynamic. But he doesn't have the technical ability that a Riyad Mahrez has play, playing ball over the top, playing the ball through a defence. We're, we're missing Jack Grealish playing more regularly. That's it. As soon as Grealish comes into the side, gets his get, gets sort of underway again, I'm hoping that Haaland will be getting more chances. Um, with, with Haaland as well, it, it's only a matter of time until he starts start bang, banging him in. If you're having a look at it, his goal-scoring stats already this season are still very good. We all need to remember, we are comparing Erling Haaland to one of the best striking seasons of all time last year. It was a freak. That's not going to happen every year. So just give it a little bit. Give Just a, just give it a bit of time. That's all I'm trying to say. Give it a few games for him to get back into it. As soon as the plays start coming back, the chances will start coming. Haaland will start scoring again, I'm sure of it. So no, so I think this got mentioned in the um, in the in the group chat that we've got that we aren't creating enough chances for him. And my immediate response was, well, there was that game where we created like five chances for him and he fluffed them all. Like I don't think I don't mm. think it's a, I don't think Haaland's not scored enough goals because we haven't created for him as a, on the whole. Obviously on you know on Sunday that was very much the case. Apart from that, apart from that one chance where Dawson managed to get that 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 first chance early on where Dawson managed to clip it away from him just before Haaland was in at the back post. That other than that, I don't think we really created anything for him that was that he would have even been remotely gettable for him. But in previous games, generally, I can't remember was it was it I think Sheffield he had plenty of chances before he finally scored a goal. Um, Newcastle were created a few for him. And yeah, to be fair, Sven Botman had a really good game against him that day. But there was a, still a couple of chances he got where he could have scored maybe one or two if he was on it on it a bit more. Um, Red Star he should have scored a couple of goals as well. I think I just think he's it's. 
we're we're lucky that Erling Haaland finding his feet in a season is still him having an average rate, average you know a goal a game pretty much. But uh, you know if he'd have, if he'd have, if he'd have already been on it, if he'd have been in full flow already, he could already have like fifteen goals. Gen- like genuinely, like that's that's the level that he's at because of just the fact that. So I'm not like I'm not overly concerned about the fact that we're not able to create chances for him because it's it's shown in previous weeks that we have. I just think Wolves in in particular was a bad performance because of like you say the kind of midfields that are played. Not having Rodri, I remember I, I saw a stat the other day that Rodri's like created the most goal scoring opportunities for us this season or something. Some some kind of stat similar to that. Right. But basically, even from deep, he's creating a lot of the goal the goal creating actions or something. I think that probably I'm assuming that includes passes that lead directly to a goal scoring opportunity or the pass before that. But you know, it, it, it can't be overstated how important having Rodri in this team is for us to actually create chances. Like it's 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 insane. So I think when he's back in the squad, you know, we'll 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 see it against Leipzig. Hopefully that will be, you know, we'll we'll get a glimpse into how many chance more chances we can recreate when he's back in the team because I don't personally think we've had much of an issue with creating chances for Haaland so far this season. I just think that he's at that stage of the season where he's not scoring every chance that comes his way. And there will be a month where he does, and he'll probably score like 12 goals in a month, and we'll all be like, all right, cool. Like this is this is this is just Haaland doing what he does. But as Luke says, we're we're kind of spoiled by the fact that we are comparing him to last season where he scored more than a goal a game. And now he's only scored a goal a game, which is uh it's not good enough. It's just not good enough, Erlin. You got you got you got to sort it out. Get him gone. He's shit. Boo. <laughs> All right. So I guess the the consensus is the sky isn't falling uh, despite the the loss at Wolves, and I, I think. Adam, that's are you fuming? How... Were you hoping we'd be like, oh no, the sky's falling? It's all no, going no. Wrong. I think anyone who listens to this would know that I tend to take the level-headed approach, at least on the podcast, when it comes to uh, reacting to poor performances and losses. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, with the players out um, and the players that, as you said, as we've talked about for the last 25 minutes or so, that have come in that are not direct replacements for the Gundawans and Mareses, um, it's going to take time for them to, to settle in. And when they all have to play together and there isn't, you know, basically anybody from that spine, um, then, you know, we're going to we're going to see the transition happening before our very eyes. But um, before we get out of here. I just want to do one thing that I have to do. Yes! Surprise trivia once oh, again. Oh. I had I had to do it because I have you guys on it again and <laughs> it's such a hit and I'm having so much fun. It doing is great. It. I love now, it. Now anybody who listens, anybody who listens on a weekly basis will will know this game by now. But if you are brand new, this is how this game will work. I am going to give Joe and Luke, our two lucky contestants, a category. The category may be car mod makes. And they will go back and forth saying Hyundai, Honda, Toyota. I don't know why I'm only in Japan. But um, (laughs) until they cannot name any more car brands and one of them will be the winner. Whoever says the last one will be the winner. Now, for today's topic category. This is, I've, I've got to say, I've got 29 answers here. So this could go on for a while. Oh, yeah. Today's category is players sold for money under Pep Guardiola. Wow. Okay. I want to throw in a couple of caveats so you understand. 
This is only players sold where another club has paid a transfer fee to acquire a city player. That means no free transfers, no loans. Okay. So for instance, Drow Cancelo is not on the list. He has not played at the club for what, almost 12 months now, but he was never sold. He's only been out on loan. So that means permanent transfers for money. Does that make sense? Does this I'm assuming then Yes, Captain. I'm assuming that I'm I'm giving away an answer here, but like I'm assuming that Sancho then he counts because he's you know, the Dortmund didn't necessarily sign him, but they they did that weird thing where you sign him but have to pay like a compensation fee or something. Is he he was under 18 when he, so technically that shouldn't count because compensation. Yeah, he's there. not on my list. Cool. That's, so that's fine. I will yeah, that's, reveal. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I will reveal where I got the list from transfer markets player departures. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Right. Cool. Since, 20, since, since the 16 17 season. So this is this is in, includes the summer that Pep came in. Okay. Sweet. I don't think okay. I don't think I'll go that far back, Adam. So don't worry about that one. I only started supporting the club in 2020 anyways, so don't worry about it. All right. Um, as always, if your answer is correct, you will hear this sound. If your answer is incorrect, you will hear this sound. Oh, no. Joe, as our weekly winner and probably our eventual <laughs> winner again, I will let you go first. <laughs> cool. The category is one more time. Players sold by City during the Pep Guardiola era. No loans, no free transfers. Go ahead. Sweet. Uh, Raheem Sterling. Why have you gone so far? <laughs> Cole Palmer. Uh, Leroy Sane. I'm Eric Laporte. Riyad Mahrez. Uh, Gabriel Jesus. Alexander Sinchenko. You got my one. Um, Angelino. Oh, the holy lord for that. Uh, Nacho. Uh, Ferran Torres. Oh my God! How am I already? How am I already struggling here? What is going on? I've got a couple. I've only got a couple more. I think this is um this is more difficult than I thought it would be. What am I doing? Um, it's pressure, isn't it? It is massively pressure. pressure. It's like I've had seven in my head and I've done them all. Um, got. I'm gonna say. Do, 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 do. Uh, no, I've I've got absolutely nothing. I'm just gonna say, no, David Silva didn't go for money, but I don't have anyone, so I'm gonna say David Silva. Oh, give me the oh no. Oh no! <laughs> I've actually got one as well. I've got one. All right, go on. Nicholas Otamendi, the go, the heading go. Oh. Come on! Hey, City Report podcast group chat. I hope you're all listening. He's won a quiz. He's done it. He's brought it on. Wow. I gave you no hope at the start of the quiz, but very impressive, Luke. Congratulations. You are our winner. And Metra, because I know we sold both of them. So we've got one of them have got to go for money. 
All right, do you guys want to hear the many names still on the list? Every single one of these is going to annoy me, but yes. There are some that you wouldn't have thought of, but if you play with City in in Football Manager or FIFA, then a lot of these will be very obvious. All right, here we go. Here we go. Yanhel Herrera. And forgive me if I say one that you guys uh, said, oh because I only God. started crossing them I off about halfway I just immediately thought through, of about seven now that you said Herrera. This is yes. so annoying. <laughs> yes, I, I knew <laughs> that that would unlock it. another two advantages. All right, here we go. Pedro Porro. Ko Itakura. Aro Murich. Oh, Jack yes. Harrison. Oh, James Trafford. Lucas Nemecha, as Luke said. Danilo. Douglas Luiz. Fabian Delph, Menu Garcia, Angus Gunn, Brahim Diaz, Jason Denier, Joe Hart. I don't know how we didn't get Joe Hart. I mean, that was the the saga of the century when he Pep not, came in. And, did he and not gave go for free? Did we not loan him out and then he went for free? Did we or did we? Sell we him loaned him Island? out and then he so. came back and we sold him. Oh wow! Wow. Yeah. Pablo Maffeo, Bursnet Selina. Of course, oh, scored against us for Swansea, I do believe. Uh, somehow I've not written this player's first name, and I have no idea what it is, but the last name is Kaode. They're on the list. No. Samir <laughs> Nazari. <laughs> oh, Alexander Kolarov. Oh, I nearly said Fernando. Oh. Nolito. Aaron Moy. You haven't said my my um, my next one yet. <laughs> Wilfred Bonny, Ennis Unal, Stefan Jovetic, Edin Dzeko, and Geronimo Rui. Edin Dzeko was oh, Rui. I was going to say Mangala. I thought I thought I was going to say was Mangala. It? So, so it's a bloody good job that I didn't. But Joe didn't get another one. I'm pretty sure Edin Dzeko, Edin Dzeko was the same window that we signed Bonnie, wasn't it? It was like January 2015. Oh, or yeah, 16. yeah, yeah. You're right. I'm going to cut that out. I don't know how that ended up <laughs> on my... Oh, well, hang on. Hang on, hang on. No, he left... Ha-ha, ha-ha. He uh, left... Was, he, was he on a loan with an option? On loan. Yeah, he left on loan. It was the summer that Pep came in that, ah. that they... They enacted their classic obligation Ita- to buy classic for 11 Italian million clubs. euros. Honestly, if everyone, so if everyone I, listening could see me as that list was being read out, it was just head in my hands. I can't believe I didn't get more than I did on that. That is, um, yeah, I actually have to say that was a disgustingly poor show. <laughs> so I genuinely I'm feel very bad. disappointed. I'm not mad. <laughs> I'm just I've, disappointed. I've won. How many? How many of those names would you have said without me reading them out? I th- um, so, so literally, as I mean, you said, if I gave you unlimited well. time to think about it, I'd have got a few of them. As would soon, we have? As soon as Luke said Angelino, the first thing I thought was, but I had another one planned ready to go. But as soon as he said Angelino, I thought, oh, Mafeo, because obviously those two were kind of the two Spanish wing, like the two Spanish fullbacks yeah, yeah. went through at the same time. But then by the time it came to think of another answer later on, that had long gone out of my head by then. But, God, no. Sorry, everyone. I'd, I'd have got them all, mate, to be honest with you. If you gave me a little bit of time, I'd have got them all, mate. Yeah. In doing the, the list, it was one of those things where I was like, yeah, most of these are obvious. But the players like Jekko, and I basically assumed in my head that the entire squad that left in the big overhaul in 2017, the Kolarovs and all of them, I had kind of just assumed they all left for free and ran yeah. their contracts yeah. down. 
because yeah. I had assumed there was no way City were selling any of them for any sort of money. Um, but no, a lot of them were sold. Um, that'll do for us today. I don't have another quiz because I figured this would go on for longer than it did. I have Luke, to wait thank a week you very much to, to resurrect myself. <laughs> thank you very, very much, Adam Booker. It's been it's been amazing. What what an episode! What a performance! What a show! He's, he's he's normally very disappointed when we end these, so this is actually pretty endearing. Uh, Joe, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having me on. This show was, yeah, it was all right. I suppose it was, it was fine. It was, it, was, it, was, it was okay. Joe knows what's happening in the group chat in the next week. He knows what's coming. Thank you, listeners. You guys are all winners because somebody ends up upset at the end of the day. Until next time, see you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running, and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.